It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, guys, before we jump into this Victory Monday podcast, the only thing that helped me sleep better last night than a Broncos win was my snooze flip mattress from our friends over at Snooze Sleep. Uh, these are awesome four-in-one mattresses. Four-in-one because you've got a firm side, you've got a soft side, you've got a warm side of your cover, and you've got a cool side of your cover. You can mix and match to create the perfect mattress for you. I personally go uh, soft and cool, and man, it is the best mattress I've ever slept on in my entire life. So check out the Snooze Flip mattress from our friends over at Snooze Sleep. And when you use that code DNVR, you can save $500 off of a uh, queen mattress, and you can save up to $1,000 off a dual split king with an adjustable base. $1,000 off. Uh, head to snoozesleep.com and get your snooze flip mattress today. That's snoozesleep.com to get your snooze flip mas- mattress delivered straight to your door. Number one for the one and only. DNVR and we are live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. The A stands for absolutely beautiful Victory Monday here in Denver, Colorado. Literally. I mean, we're looking at like 70 degrees out here. It feels like a training camp. I'm slightly concerned with how nice it is. Like, is winter ever coming? Who knows? It's going to be like this in Kansas City most of the week, too. Yep. And on Sunday night, I believe it's like high 50s, low 60s Uh on Sunday. So then kickoff comes. It's going to be sunny as well. So Going to Arrowhead in December. Not sunny at night, though. Right. It's going to be sunny during the day. Yeah. But clear in about 50 degrees. It's going to be absolute perfect football weather in December. When you see that game on the schedule, you're thinking frozen tundra. Maybe it's snowing, 40-mile-per-hour winds. You're thinking of the game the Broncos had a few years ago in yes. Kansas City with mm-hmm. Drew Locke making his first start going going into Arrowhead, and it was just an absolute nightmare of weather conditions. Yep, and now you get a really good one, a, a perfect day in Denver. Yesterday, I wore like um, that Breck Brew Broncos country jacket to the game and then just like a DNVR or like a regular DNVR shirt under it, and like I just, I just wore a T-shirt the whole game. And I was hot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. Yep. It's fantastic. It's not football weather, but it's great weather. It is great weather. Well, well speak for yourself, though, Zach. I mean, fo- 
I'm from Florida here. That's football. <laughs> oh, That's no. perfect football weather. We're here Come in the on. Mile High City. No way. I want the snow for it to be football weather. Oh. I say perfect football weather is like 51 degrees. I'm not talking perfect. I'm talking classic football hmm. weather. It, you you got to have some like, snow. I like having a chill in the air, but it not being cold. Like you you wear a hoodie and you're good. 58 degrees. Sweatshirt. It's not. That's it's not Denver, December football weather. Well, it's only <laughs> November. But you know uh, what? Aren't you glad, though? You mentioned Kansas City. Three of the six coldest games in Broncos history are December games at Kansas City. Yeah, of course. So I mean, you, They got really lucky. You could also get lucky uh, with a great education from our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. msudenver.edu slash online where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. 45 plus online and hybrid programs. 750 total classes. Something for everyone over there at msu denver again guys victory monday and i just got done rewatching that game right before i came over here and i was just like it's one of those games that is just such a joy to watch because you know you grow to like these guys of course and you you just want to see them succeed and you want to see them make plays and it was almost top to bottom all uh, of these broncos were just out there like making plays and doing the right thing and being in the right place at the right time. I mean, everyone from Eric Saubert to McTelvin Ajim are out there making plays, doing great things, smiling, celebrating. Um, I, I, it was just such a fun game. It was fun to be in the stands. The stands were electric. Um, you could hear it for sure on the broadcast. And it was just, I, I, I don't know, it was, it was just a job. I'm pro I might watch it again. Just because it was that fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a great victory Monday. Just as Duncan Murray says, more victory Mondays, please. Mm -hmm. And man, we're one week away from an incredible victory Monday. But how dominant <laughs> the Broncos game was yesterday was they really should have won twenty eight to six. Yeah. And the six points they gave up was garbage time. So if Vic Fangio would have kept his throat on the gas or kept his foot on the gas and, and just kept killing them, would have been twenty eight to zero. Like yeah. If, was... if if Teddy Bridgewater stays healthy. It probably is 28 to 0 going into the Chargers who scored with under five minutes left into the game. That that is how dominant this game was. This season has been such a roller coaster. It's so funny going back and forth like this every single week. Uh, it's kind of fun, but it's also funny. Like you've got JC in the comments here saying, like, people will call me crazy, but I truly believe this team could be a serious dark horse. Like, we are now we're we're hinting at Super Bowls. <laughs> you think that's what he's referring to? 24 hours, or I guess 36 hours ago, people were saying, like, tank. You know? Oh, yeah. I, there's still some people that are saying that, Ryan. It, it's crazy. I mean, it's way too late for that at this point. Well, let's live in the sports universe that we're in right now. We're two years removed from the Blues being the worst team in the NHL in January, winning the Stanley Cup. We're not even a month removed from the Braves being below mm -hmm. 500 at the start of August and winning the World Series. You see stuff like that. You start, and especially in a year like this, where there appears to be no transcendent breakaway team in the NFL. It's, it is wild. Why not? That's what I said yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I said it on the show too. I, I, you know, JC's not alone. I said like, mm -hmm. you, you can't say that a team that has a chance to be first place in their division a week from now isn't some sort of contender. Now, it doesn't Absolutely. feel They're that right it doesn't feel that way. But yesterday they truly played like one. Um, Mace, we didn't quite get your thoughts after the game. So just you know, what, what was your overarching takeaways? Well, I mean, first of all, you mentioned all the guys kind of stepping up and having fun. That's where you look around, and uh, frankly, there weren't enough game balls to go around yeah. for all the efforts that 
merited it. I mean, Quinn Bailey as a third team practice squad guy <laughs> doing all that right. That video was epic too. At le- yes, at, at left tackle. I mean, just what a what a moment for him. Um, Cameron <laughs> Cameron Fleming had a good game. Had, had a good game at right tackle. You go on the defensive side. You mentioned Ajim, Kenny Young, another solid game. Like you look at that first possession after. Sam Martin, who also deserves a tip of the cap, and also Nate Harrison yep. for downing the punt, the yep. one. And then Kenny Young, two of those three run plays to start. He gets a stop on one. He's the first man in the backfield on the other, gets the three and out, sets up the offense. I mean, you just you start going down the list. We we could probably do an entire podcast of pointing out all the little individual moments of of on-field kind of heroism that we saw it was from good this team. team. It, it, was was awesome. good, it was good team football yeah. and good complimentary football all the way around. That's why we gave helmet stickers to all of those guys yeah. you mentioned, Mace. That's why we gave Tom McMahon a hat sticker, and it was great football pretty much all the way around. It, it was. It's Again, that's what's so exciting about that game is you just see all of these different guys contributing, um, and it, it really was from top to bottom of the roster, also top to bottom of the coaching staff. Um, I also think they yesterday was probably the best job they've done rotating Melvin uh, and Javante. It felt like they were pressing the right buttons at the right time. Um, Melvin continues to be um, a little bit underrated right now. He's just playing so well. You saying that? Yeah, I mean he really is. Like, and I and I've defended him before because you know everyone. It's always about the the new hot thing, and Javante's awesome. Um, over 100 total yards yesterday, and uh, I felt like maybe we didn't quite give him enough credit uh, for his what he did in the receiving game. Obviously, it was one big play, but also right before that big play is the screen uh, on third and 10, which when the Broncos are uh, converting screens for first downs on third and 10, like you know things are going right. That was actually a disappointing play, though, because the way it set up, it was set up perfectly. That could have gone for a touchdown itself right there with how much green grass he had, how many blockers he had. I was shocked he barely picked up the first down on that. Still, just the fact that they were able to run a screen for a first down on third down is a win in my book. Anyways, Melvin uh, is underrated. I mean, a great game from him. Um and then, you know, we talk, we, t- I feel like we talk about this after every win, but how about, I mean, the George Payton people, the, the, the Payton guys, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, the Payton people, um, just top to bottom again, Caden Stearns, I felt like, uh, had a great game. You, no one was saying like, man, they really miss Kareem today. Um, you know, Baron Browning, great game. Quinn Miners, great game. Stephen Weatherly, great game. You just go on and on and on and on. And it feels like after every win, we're, we're patting George Payton on the back. For a guy who just got here, the amount of impact that he has on has had on this team, and especially when they play well, it's obvious, uh, is pretty crazy to me. The people Payton picked. There you go. That, that. Or, well, no, because it's also the people he brought in. Well, that's he picked all of them. I'm not just talking drafting. Pick them to come to the roster. Picked Kenny Young and said we'd like to trade for him. Picked Stephen Weatherly, who was languishing on the Vikings, on the Vikings bench. Brought all brought all of these guys in, and finally, you look at this team, and for, I think probably for the first time since 2015, maybe 2016, you're like, this is actually a deep team. This is a team that's got multiple layers of talent 
on it. Well, and that's why Vic Fangio today said that 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 the Broncos can beat the Chiefs. And and I asked him, why do you think this is the team that can break the 11 game losing streak they have, which is hard to wrap your mind around just how bad it is. And he said, it's because this is the best team we've had since I've been here and going on further than that too, since the 2015 season. This is the best Broncos team we've had. Uh, and uh, when you look at some of the things, you're abs- he, he's absolutely right. And guys, the one position you haven't mentioned today is the most important one. It's really the only one that matters here, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And that's a guy that George Payton brought in. And Teddy Bridgewater is having a fantastic year, despite people still wanting to hate him. A fantastic year for the standards that that we set for him, and that that what people were expecting, guys. He has a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. You will take that any day of the week. People were signing up for two to one. People were even okay with maybe one and a half to one. That's just how low the standard was. Now Teddy's at three to one, 15 touchdowns, ties a career high. He still has six more games left to boost that. Five interceptions. He's throwing for 68% completion. And guys, right now he's on pace for over like 24 touchdowns eight interceptions on the season to go along with uh, about 3,800 yards, 3,900 yards. That, with this good defense, which they've been playing really good as of recent, for I guess they've been playing up and down this season, and coupled with this running game, that is the quarterback play that will get the Broncos into the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, and I just want to go through some of my notes that I wrote down here from the rewatch, but one of them is about Teddy Bridgewater. That that last touchdown pass to Salbert, is so under how is how are people not making a bigger deal about that play that was joey bosa yeah he stiff Stiff armed joey bosa into the earth yeah uh like i i feel like that play is like an elite highlight and i i don't i haven't seen it It should be like blowing up my timeline i haven't even seen it once um when i rewatched the game that was the first time i'd actually seen a replay of it it was an incredible play he stiff arms you know what wherever you're gonna put him a top 15 pass rusher mm-hmm. in the NFL right uh into the ground rolls right by the way he's dealing with an injury on this play rolls mm-hmm. right looks off the defense throws it back across his body right to Salbert um that's like a 10 out of 10 play from your quarterback and it's in it remember it's only 14-7 at that time you know the game is still very much in the balance that wasn't some sort of garbage time touchdown it was really a like a sealer uh, a nail in the coffin type of play from Teddy Bridgewater and um, I, I just feel, and maybe it's just because the feelings are so mixed about Teddy Bridgewater right now, but I feel like people should be uh, like doing backflips over that type of play. Bron- we have not seen a Broncos quarterback making those types of plays in a while. And remember the other thing about that moment, I mean, obviously the drive before that had been three and out. And so the Chargers had had two long drives, but the Broncos their offense between what happened in the second quarter and then going three and out very quickly in the third, that the offense was rusty going in that drive. That's where they get some of the third down conversions. They they pick up some momentum and then he caps it caps it with that play on Bosa for a touchdown. Then the other thing is, you know, Teddy didn't turn the ball over. I mean, for all the numbers we can point to, the biggest one is the fact that he's only had six turnovers this year. And they were clustered in kind of a brief, basically barely over two game two-game stretch because the last game play of the Pittsburgh game and then this turnovers against the Raiders and then the interception against against the Browns. And aside from that, he hasn't made mistakes. And the Broncos have gone from a team that had more turnovers from the quarterback position than anybody else last year to a team that's one of the best in terms of avoiding 
And on top of that, guys, not only is is Teddy Bridgewater isn't getting enough credit because right now, in the six wins the Broncos have, his passer rating is over 100. And their five losses, his passer rating is under 100. So maybe it isn't him just guiding the Broncos and, and supporting him with really good defense and a good running game. It's more so of... If Teddy Bridgewater is going to ball out, the Broncos are going to win. If he doesn't, they're going to lose, and that's exactly what that would suggest. Yeah, and that kind of just goes to what I've been pounding the tail about all year, which is just that quarterback's the only position that really actually matters Ex- in football. That, exactly, <laughs> and they're getting great play yes. from Teddy Bridgewater this year. Yeah, they are. And what's crazy, still the fourth-best quarterback in the AFC West. <laughs> yes, and now they get to go up against the first. Yep. Um, but they just had their way with the second. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, I said it before the game, Vic Fangio has his best game plans against uh, Justin Herbert. And, and also, he's had some really good ones against Pat Mahomes. So, that's that's honestly, that's what you kind of are hanging your hat on on this one, is can Vic come out there with a great game plan to make things difficult on the Chiefs? And, and there's evidence that says he can do that. A couple other things. We talked about Sam Martin punt. I, I'm just going to say it again. I think it's a play of the game. Legitimately think it's the play of the game. Him and Hairston combining to put the Chargers on their one yard line. And, and as I tweeted out, that puts the, that knocks the Chargers off of their game plan before they even run a play. Because now all of a sudden you can't go to your script. You got to just get out from underneath yourself uh, on the goal line there. And then, you know, on to the next note is Baron Browning. He makes the stop there. Him and Kenny Young combine for that stop. And then on the very next drive, he makes that insanely athletic leaping pass breakup. So, you know, it, one of my other thoughts when I was watching this game is, man, it's crazy to see the difference that it makes for this defense when they get good linebacker play. And it's even more crazy that the Broncos have barely invested in the position at all since Vic Fangio got here. Well, and to me, it's it's no doubt that those are your two starting inside linebackers next year going forward. Maybe you bring back Josie Jewell as depth. And I know Vic Fangio loves Josie Jewell, but he has to love Baron Browning's upside, and he has to love where Kenny Young is going right now. So there you go. You're set. Both very young guys, both guys that are still very much trending upward. Also, minimal draft capital in terms of what it took to get Kenny Young and Baron Browning. And I think this is sort of the counter to the notion of, oh, you need to take an off-ball linebacker in round one. Yeah. Not if you can find those guys elsewhere. And and this is actually, I mean, it predates George Payton. The Broncos have done a good job of finding quality players at inside linebacker from, you know, from the nooks and crannies yeah. of the draft. I mean, the, of the draft and free agency. I mean, you know, even Todd Davis was a waiver claim. I mean, they... They, that's one thing that is a strength of this team. And Peyton, I think, is, has taken it to another level with what he did getting Browning and Kenny Young this year. I think most people would. The one really place where Baron Browning struggled yesterday was covering uh, Austin Eckler on those damn Texas routes. Mm-hmm. It really, like, and I tweeted it out sarcastically, it really felt like that was the only play they could run successfully uh, on the Broncos. And they went to it over and over and over again. In fact, the touchdown after Drew's uh, interception at the end of the half, they went to it back-to-back plays. They go to it once, then Broncos actually covered it the best, probably the best they did all day. Um, and it goes through Eckler's hands. They just run the same play on the next uh, on the next play and but I, got I, it. But I think you would take Eckler having 99 total yards entering a game. And that that's what they were able to do. Totally. I mean, he got almost nothing on the ground. Yeah, um, he averaged and, he averaged two point six yards per carry on the ground, eleven through the air. But again, he didn't kill you in the air. No, it just 
it was just funny because it was just they kept going back to it and back to it and back to it and it's such it's such a hard play to cover because obviously you're baron browning you know you see austin eckler running out to the flat you're thinking that's my responsibility i got to get out there and then he cuts right back and it's just such it's such a tough cover and 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 that's neither of those guys are the perfect you know first round pick sort of linebacker but if if you need a guy to cover austin eckler you're probably going in dime and probably using caden stern someone on him yeah and then the last thing I wanted to say here is it is unbelievable how the Broncos gave nothing easy to the Chargers yesterday on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just almost no plays where you just thought like, oh, man, that was an effortless throw from Herbert. Like he's always scrambling around trying to make something happen. One or two that was just like good scheming guys open. But I mentioned, um, you know, when when they made that coaching change that the Chargers got to be real careful not to mess up with their OC hire and the quarterback's coach and – I don't know that they didn't. Uh, there was um, no deep balls yesterday. They didn't even look for it. Um, and I think it's such a misuse of Justin Herbert's talent. Now, he's so good that, of course, he's going to win them games regardless. But I, I cannot uh, not sign off on the on the scheme that they you have just, been playing in right just now. just kind of pointed to something that Chargers fans have been talking about all year. Yeah. And that is under Joe Lombardi. It has become an offense that doesn't push the field vertically. Makes no with sense. With the arm talent that Herbert possesses. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, Herbert still had 303 yards yesterday, which blows my mind because he played like a guy that had Teddy stats, 129 passing yards. And Justin Herbert, all the credit in the world to Vic Fangio for just confusing him, making him very uncomfortable. And, of course, the players for executing. But Justin Herbert was just constantly on his back foot. Even when there was no pressure in his face, he's on his back foot kind of just like pumping, waiting to throw the ball because he's just he's, he was just so shook the whole game. Four-man pressure, man. That'll, mm-hmm. that'll get you. Uh, when you can't even trust your line to pick up the, the defense when they aren't blitzing, it really you start seeing ghosts and scrambling. That's what around it looked like he was seeing yesterday. He was very, very uncomfortable in that game. Um, but people who went to the tailgate, they were very comfortable, not only just because of the uh, the weather, uh, but because of the delicious comfort food, the sexy pizza over there, uh, the Breck brews. All that stuff. So, uh, you know, I just love the tailgate has been one of the coolest things we've done this year because of all the people we get to meet from all over. I would say the country, but it's really all over the world. It is. It of course, is. had the UK represented yesterday. We've had Canada out here. We've had all sorts of uh, different people coming. And um, it's it's always a great time. So next one's going to, of course, be that Lions game. Heck, could be talking about the first place Broncos taking on the Lions the next time we have a tailgate. Uh, make sure you come hang out. And then, of course, you can get the bus. Uh, great crowd that came back after the game on the bus to watch Sunday night football last night. Not exactly a great Sunday night football game, um, but it is, uh, it's just a great time. So check it out for sure. When, uh, when that lions game comes around, it was a close game at least. Yeah, it was, yeah, but it was <laughs> ugly, ugly. It, it ugly. was very ugly. I mean, you throw three interceptions in the first half and you still win. That just shows you how good the Browns are. But guys, speaking of football, we got to get to our DraftKings pick of the week right now. And this one, I've got a little name for mine. F T F T. Any guesses on what that stands for? Full-time, full-time. Yeah, close. Not. (laughs) Fade the football team. Mm. I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks tonight. And 
I'm picking the Las Vegas Raiders to beat the football team next week. Guys, right now, uh, people are really high on the Washington football team. I'm not buying it. They've had a couple of good games these past few weeks, uh, and I know the Seahawks are bad. Seahawks are going to go in there and beat the football team tonight. Seahawks, one-point underdog. Now that I think they're a one-point favorite as it stands on DraftKings right now. Then next week, uh, before even yesterday, I got in on the Raiders to beat the football team. Raiders only favored by one point at home against football team next week. People are high on this team that is not very good. So fade the football team. That's what I'm going with, guys. Uh, I think we'll see about that. <laughs> I think we'll see about that. I think so, the football team is a lot more of a complete team than the Seahawks. Now, Russ I think so, but can just go Russ, Russ it up. And, yep. and I'm not saying the Seahawks does. are good. Yeah. They have Russ. He just hasn't – he hasn't – it looks like he's lost a little bit of just his ability to carry that team. But I think it's because they just keep, keep making the team around him worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of checked out on what the Seahawks are at this moment. I mean, I think he's still going to play hard, but I think he's just kind of – he's probably just counting the days here. And then the question becomes, do the Seahawks – change to fit what he wants or do they go in different direction different direction i mean if you're smart and you're the seahawks and you move on from pete carroll it should be russ what do you need what do you want 100 percent. i'll tell you what russ needs tonight to help me with my DraftKings pick of the week that is a completion over 35 and a half yards um i've been having a decent amount of success with these longest completion bets he's obviously got you know most of um his Wide receivers are downfield targets. Of course, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Just throw it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of times that's really their best offense is just chuck it up for DK or, you know, throw one out there for for Lockett. So over 35 and a half yards, uh, I feel good about that one. I love it. I I love that one too. By the way, do you got if if the football if the Broncos win on Sunday, and the football team wins, then and the Chargers win, everybody in the division will be tied at seven and five. You mean if the oh okay so who do, football team has to beat the Raiders? I think. Yes, or the Raiders. Beat no, the, the Raiders team. would have to win. Yeah, Raiders win. Yeah, okay. Raiders win. Chargers win. Broncos win. Everybody's seven and five, and pretty good division. If I'm reading this right, the Broncos would win the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yep. That's because they that's because truly the Broncos and Chargers would both be two and one, and the other teams would be one and two in the division. And then the Broncos have the head-to-head head head. on the Chargers. Yep. yep, exactly. That That's what I've been saying since, I think, last week. How crazy it is, the opportunity the Broncos have. It seemed wild that the Broncos are being flexed into Sunday night football. It was all about the Chiefs just so they could showcase Patrick Mahomes. Broncos fans weeping last week. Why are the Broncos on prime time? This is going to be awful. It's going to be miserable to see them get blown out. Well, now they've got a shot to be first place in the AFC West. So, Mace, are you picking, are you picking the Broncos? Is that your pick of the week? No. No, no, but it's tempting. It'd be fu- it's fun to think about. Literally, the Broncos are fourth place today based on tiebreakers, so they wow. could so they worst could go first. from worst to first in one in one beautiful night. Let's in see if it game, happens. Yep. No, I'm not making a football pick. I'm making a basketball pick, and it's kind of a value pick right now because after last week, everyone's talking about Gonzaga and Duke. That mm-hmm. great game they played in Vegas on Friday night. Gonzaga had beaten UCLA a few nights before by 20. Big win, then turned around, played Duke. Duke won, tight game, a lot of fun to watch. UCLA has has a win in its back pocket over Villanova a week ago last Friday. But UCLA kind of on the back, on the back burner. They've dropped to 14-1 to odds over at DraftKings to win the, to win the national title. 
Mm. I like that value play right now in UCLA to wow. move on. I think I've always felt like they were a little overvalued. Even when they came in at number two, I was like, yeah, I don't think they're that. <laughs> they're like, they're like it's a long, top 15. It's a long season. It is. A, it is long. That's, is there's some great basketball season. going on right now, but boy, we are a long way from March and April. Guys. Oh, yeah. And then as we know, it's not all, you know. Yeah. Once you get into the tournament, anything can happen. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, guys, you can get in on all of these bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They have so many bets tonight. Get in on a same-game parlay. Get in on Thursday night football. And if you bet $1 on any football game, any NFL game, and there's a point scored in that game, you will win $100 in free bets just like that. And then, boy, what a perfect way to start your start your account Place $1, get $100 to keep your bets rolling all throughout the weekend. Got some great college ball. Love that Alabama's an underdog for like the first time in years. And be all over Bama against Georgia this week. And you Barely can be... got out of that last one. Oh, man, but was it a fun one? Was it a fun one? I caught them live on uh, Alabama uh, during that game, plus 340. Oh, and that's yeah. what I love about DraftKings Sports, where they have every single bet you could imagine. And you can start off your account with $100 in free bets. So head to the App Store now, download the top to DraftKings Sportsbook now app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that $100 free with placing $1 bet on any NFL game if they score a point. You get those $100, so check them out and smash that code DNVR over DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And also, we're coming toward the end of the year, of course. December arrives, what, Wednesday, right? Yep. Holy cow. Time flies. And then meanwhile, it's 70 degrees outside. It's gonna, it's, isn't it going to be 70 degrees later this week in yeah. December yep. in Colorado? Okay. I love it. I know. But we this need some fine. rain. We, forget about snow. We need rain. Could use some, we could use the moisture. Yes, we could yeah. use the moisture. And if you want to make it rain, at least rain a few more dollars in your bank account, maybe think about a career change. Think about joining Ball, which, of course, is where Zach's Aunt Julie works. You can join their plant right over here in Golden. They're looking for production technicians. Their production techs are the front line in their operations to make cans like this aluminum can that I've got in my koozie here. They directly impact the volume of production that they run at Ball and the quality of the production as well. Production techs are important because as their skills grow, they can move into even more mechanical roles and even move into roles in the administration on the business side of Ball. A production tech at Ball, you'll earn $27.39 an hour to start. There's the potential for increase in wages at 6, 12, and 18 months off the job. If you're a production tech, you get exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities at the plant as you go on making aluminum cans and aluminum ends. The the production techs are responsible for machine adjustments on high-speed production equipment, and they're part of the production team. And it's full-time with benefits. You're... You get insurance active on the day of hire. You can get 401k for retirement, stock ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. All these are benefits of working at a big company like Ball that takes care of its employees. So if you want to get in on this, text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll be linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or text GOLDEN to 77222 to join the team over at Ball and be unstoppable. All right, guys. Well, we're going to talk about this KC game all week. Um, By the way, I, I... 
kind of hate when this happens because I'm so already just the whole week is just looking forward to Sunday night football. Um, That's forget, great. I've been waiting That's all day great. for you're, Sunday you're wait, night. You're waiting all week for Sunday. Waiting all week for Sunday night. That's I'm already great. daydreaming about the, the the watch party we're gonna have here at the bar. Start making your plans now uh, to come down here. Um, I mentioned it last night, but we're gonna be doing a uh, pregame show tailgate style. Uh, so instead of doing the tailgate in the morning, we're gonna do the tailgate uh, in between the late slate and the Broncos game. It's gonna be packed in here. You know, towers of beer. Uh, I can't. I cannot wait for that. Um, so we'll we'll be talking about this a lot all week. But let's just get it get the ball rolling a little bit on this conversation. I said I really think the number one key is Vic Fangio putting out a game plan um, that stifles Patrick Mahomes and makes things a little more difficult on him. Is that are, are you in agreement with me there? No. I'm I'm not, and Ryan, it's been all about Patrick Mahomes for a long time. But when you look at this Kansas City Chiefs team and the reason they've been able to turn it around this year and the reason that I believe they're the best team in the AFC and maybe even the entire NFL right now is because they don't just have one good game. Uh, in, in their in their resume right now they're on a four game win streak and when you look at what they've done they've scored 20 points they've scored 13 points they've scored 41 points and they've scored 19 points that could be the denver broncos i mean <laughs> not 41 point game probably not there but 20 points 13 points 19 points that's what the kansas city chiefs have scored and they've won all four games. Mm-hmm. And their defense mm-hmm. has been absolutely out of this world. I mean, Ryan, you had some stat about how they've been historically good yeah, in, in this four-game run. In the second half specifically. Yep. Yeah, and it, it could have only gotten better in their last game because I think they pitched a second-half shutout in that game. Yeah, and so here's what they've done defensively and why they've been so good. 17 points allowed. 7 points allowed, 14 points allowed, and 9 points allowed. And now one of those games is against the New York Giants, so not the best offense in the world. As we know, they just fired their offensive coordinator. The next game against the Green Bay Packers was with a backup quarterback, so you have to throw that in there, Uh, but still plenty of talent there. The Raiders, only 14 points to the Raiders. The Raiders are a a fantastic offense. And then the Dallas Cowboys who Broncos know something about shutting down the Cowboys, but still, the Cowboys are a really good offense. So the Chiefs' defense, and so Ryan, every other time that the Broncos have played the Chiefs when they have Patrick Mahomes, I'd say 100%. Don't worry about anything else. Just shut down Patrick Mahomes. And this is kind of a little different because it's on the other side of the ball, but the Broncos' offense is going to have to punch back and, and, and keep up and put up, you know, as the past four games, which will put up 20 points. Now I think they're going to have to put up more, but it's it's going to be huge for the offense to, to not be high-flying, but to be effective. Trying to find that stat, um, just an updated version of it, because I know they were they were dominant again in the second half of their last game. Um, I'm not seeing it right now, uh, but... Well, let's just look at total yards allowed as you look for that. Since 2018, when Patrick Mahomes became the full-time starter, Kansas City has never lost a game in which they've allowed 330 or fewer yards. 23-0. Wow. What do the last four games have in common for the Kansas City Chiefs? They've done that all. Yep. 300, 300 yards, 301 yards, 299, and 276. Yes. I mean, it's a defense that has arrived. And, I mean, really, you look at when 
they won the Super Bowl two years ago. And what was what brought that team together? It was the defense finding its form at midseason and being enough to complement Patrick Mahomes and the offensive side. This year, at least in the, in the last six games in particular, the defense has hit higher an even higher level than that. So they're actually carrying the offense a little bit while they're while Patrick Mahomes and company try to figure things out. This is the best Chiefs defense, really, that we've seen probably since the... You have to go back to maybe Andy Reid's first year, the early part of that 2013 season, when they started off 9-0 coming into Denver for the last time the Chiefs had a defense this good. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, them since week eight. Second in points per game, they're allowing 11.8 points per game since week eight. Second yep. in rushing yards allowed per game, 81.5. Second and third down conversion rate, only allowing uh, first downs on 25% of third downs. Um, and sixth in net yards allowed per game, like you guys have mentioned, under 300. Uh, and also, they've allowed three touchdowns total in their last three games. quarters, yeah. yeah in yeah. their last three games. So. Yeah. You guys are right. Um, I mean, the offense is going to be a big part of this. That's not a good thing. Um, if you're counting on your offense to go out there and carry this team, I don't. I think you're in trouble. I think you, what you need to do is have your defense play so good that you muck this game up um, and have it come to uh, come down to a couple swing plays and hope they go your way. Here's the question I have for both of you. One thing we saw last year, and even in other in Kansas City, and even in the snow game in Kansas City back in 2019 is that this defense of Vic Fangio's forces Kansas City to settle for field goals rather than touchdowns. But the way KC is playing for defense is letting them rack up yards until they get to the 20 and then clamping down the red zone and letting and having them take three points. Is that going to be enough or does that set you up to maybe lose a 15 10 type of game here it's a total colossal failure if, if you're losing while holding kansas city to 15 points yeah i mean it's a, it's yeah. a colossal failure on the offensive side of the ball and that's kind of what we've seen these past few games that the broncos have played the chiefs under vic fangio is the defense has not been the ones to lose them the game we've been very impressed with the way the broncos have controlled patrick mahomes and i'm just pulling up the scores right now last year 22 to 16. Broncos held them to 22 points. 16 is a failure. And of course, it came down to a, a Drew Locke pick that kind of <laughs> took, a, took a touchdown off the board for the Broncos early At least in the took game. three off the board. Uh, the game before that, ugly on both sides. 43 to 16. Broncos failure on, on, on every but part. Didn't KC only gained 299 yards or something like that in that game? Um, they had a touchdown. score on defense, they had a score exactly, on special that's... teams, they had a score on offense. Um, and then yeah. the, the, the year before that, 23 points they held Kansas City to. Broncos scored three points. Yeah. And then, of course, the game before that, the, the first one, the Vic Fangio era, Broncos uh, give up 30 points, not exactly doing their job. Uh, and they Defensive touchdown, though. And they for, only for score, but they only score six, they only six points. So the Broncos have scored six points in a game, three points in a game, and two games of 16 points. Those are failures on the offensive are, side of the ball. Those are also four games where the Chiefs' offense did not score, did not account for 30 points in any of them. Yeah, uh, again. One, of, and, one game. They, they Oh, the, the offense, yes. But what I'm saying yeah. is, Mace, I, I, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm saying is the defense yeah. has done they their have. job for most of the games, but the offense has not lived up to it in any of them. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's funny because that's why Pat Shermer was brought here. 
you know, it was uh, it was the whole thing about if you want to beat the Chiefs, you got to score 30 points. Mm -hmm. So we need to, you know, spread it out a little bit more. Teddy Bracewater has led a 30 point outburst. Yes, yep. did that last year for the Panthers. So maybe you, maybe literally you go to Teddy and say, look, you went what up against worked, these guys yeah. last year. What worked for you? Because I, there's a little more there's a little more offensive juice uh, in terms of skill skill talent maybe around him to get a little to get a little bit more done. I think that's you lean on Teddy a little bit and if, if, if that's what it takes. I think you kind of have to. Um, obviously, you're going to go into the game saying, hey, let's hope we can get Javante and Melvin rolling. But. You're no, going to put yourself you're crazy. in crazy. You're crazy. Well, that's what you're, I mean, that's what you're going to hope for. Like anyone wants to be able to run the ball. Like if you can run the ball, you can control the game. I don't think they're going to be able to. And so, I mean, you've got Tim and you've got Cortland and you've got Jerry Judy out there and you have Alberto and you have Noah Fant. You got to stretch this team vertically. That is that to me, that is going to be the key. You're going to have to create some chunk plays by giving Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy a chance to go out there and be the top talent wide receivers they are. You guys are killing me. You guys are killing me. You're totally losing sight of this team right now. In the Broncos wins, they run the ball 31 times. In their losses, they run the ball 18 times. Last year against the Chiefs when, when Teddy played them, threw the ball 49 times. The Broncos are going to get smoked if they do that they this do year. That. Now, Teddy went 40 or 73% completion, 310 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So Looks you'll like, like the results, but if yeah. the Broncos are forced to do that, they're they're going to die in this game. The Broncos have to rely on this running game. And what scares me, Ryan, is you say of course that's the game plan you want, but it's probably not going to work. If that's the mindset Pat Shermer has, then they're, they're going to stop running the ball after the first quarter. And Ooh. and that is what is going to lead to a blowout for this team. So I, I, I just couldn't disagree more. You have to stick with the run, stick with the run, stick with the run. Now, where I did, do agree with you is you do have to take the shots. Okay. And, and, and you have to take the big here. shots downfield. Well, that's what we're talking about, yeah. I think, is get the play-action game going and just, take the shots. Well, take, take shots off play-action. I just think, look, you cannot be in third and eight because you ran it on first and second and you couldn't get anything going. Now, if you can get, if you can get it going, run it all day long. Um, but I worry just about the success they're going to be able to have, especially with a banged-up offensive line against a really good defensive line. Um, I mean, vice versa on the passing mm -hmm. attack. I, I think the offense, a banged up offensive line is better off running the ball than they are mm -hmm. uh, dropping back into pass protection. Fair. I just think they need to be able to take advantage of their one-on-ones. It was, uh, you know, you can't really critique the, the offense yesterday just because they did what they needed to do to win that football game. But man, I just, uh, there's so many times I look out there and I'm like, they're really just going one-on-one -on -one with Cortland Sutton and you're just, you just don't care. You're just going to keep doing what you're doing. I, it kills me inside. Um, and, and I think the Chiefs will give them some of those opportunities. you you got to hit some. you got to. It, it's baffling how Cortland Sutton has been a complete non-factor in this offense the past four games specifically. In those four games, his best game, two catches for 40 yards. His best game in a quarter of the season. Guys, he has seven catches for 95 yards and no touchdowns in the past four games combined. That, that's honestly... That would be like a... A good, good game. game. Exactly. And, Ryan, <laughs> when we had this conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago about talking about what does Cortland need to do to become elite, and we were talking about it after he had, you know, a couple hundred-yard games, we said he has to raise his floor from these yes, bad games yes. where, honestly, this is kind of a, a, just an okay game for him, 95 yards. Yes. And, and, and when we looked at, uh, I think, Justin Jefferson's numbers, his bad games, his floors were 70 yards. That's what Cortland needs to do. Now, this isn't all on Cortland. 
It, it's it's on Cortland, it's on Teddy, and it's on Pat Shermer to make yes. sure that he's getting these targets. You can't, you got in the in these past four games, he has four targets, two targets, three targets, three targets. That's probably on everyone. Cortland needs to do a better job getting open. Teddy needs to do a better job finding him, and Pat Shermer needs to dial up more plays for him. Especially like you said, Ryan, if the Chiefs are stacking the box, you got to take advantage of those one on one opportunities. And by the way, you also have a first round pick in Jerry Judy, and you also have a ten million dollar receiver in Tim. Patrick on the outside who you can easily throw the ball up. But look to. at these numbers. You know, you take away Javante, um, who makes the big play on the 42 yard catch and run, just an awesome individual effort. Two catchers for Tim Patrick, two catchers for Jerry Judy, two catchers for Cortland Sutton. It's un I mean, it's just crazy. And you can even go to the game before that. Not not only is are Cortland's numbers not good, Tim's completely non-existent in the game as well. And again, we're not going to complain when you rush for you know 150 yards and uh, you controlled the game for a, a, a large portion of it. And it you, is what they do best. I mean, exactly. The, but at the same time, you you're going to have to do something to and to anticipate what teams are going to throw at you, and you're going to see more stack boxes now that you've. Had you've had success with the run, so you have to be drilled enough to and and disciplined enough to take advantage of the of those shots. Look, this team, its bread and butter is going to be Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. I think that's obvious right now through the through the stretch run. But you're gonna make things easier if you can complement that with that with not saying you have to go for a 50 yard connection. But some kind of ver- some kind of vertical outside the numbers. Game. I'm I'm saying 50. But now what I'm worried about. Is Pat Shermer, let's say the Chiefs get a 50-yard touchdown in the first quarter, second quarter. Pat Shermer's going to say, oh, we need to we need to go one for one with them. Ooh, and then no. it's going to turn into that, and that is very scary because then they pick them off, then the Chiefs have a 70-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill, then three minutes into the game, yeah. and it's 14-0, and then yeah. the running game is completely gone. You gotta that be scares patient. me you got to so be much. patient. It's no. so, I mean... Tr- trust, trust the 60 minutes. Trust the process. Trust, trust that you're going to... Trust that there's enough time for you to get out of it. It really is so crazy, though. I wonder... What the percentage of teams this year winning uh, that scored the first touchdown of the game? It to me, it feels like almost every game I watch, if you score the first touchdown, you win. Yep. Well, in the Broncos, um, if they have a lead at halftime, they are more likely to win in the Vic Fangio era, which isn't a shock. I'm sure that's true for most teams. But if they have, if they are losing at halftime, they're one in twenty, right? <laughs> Yeah. One in 20. I mean, and that has to be far worse than other teams. I imagine other teams are, you know, they just have a losing record, but not one in 20. I believe yeah. it's one of the bottom two when I looked it up a couple weeks ago. And you got, what, yeah. the, the Giants or the Jets or the Jaguars or the other team? It's I think a quarterback like, thing. I think Carolina was, which, of course, you know what it's people are going to say. Teddy! It's <laughs> <laughs> not good. Um, and, and Teddy has a very um, disappointing, yes. at best, re- uh, track Teddy record has, of leading yeah, yeah. You know, um, comeback drives. He yep. has not led a second half, a, a rally from a halftime deficit, I believe, since... Uh, believe his second year in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, he fits in perfectly with Vic. Then you know, just get the early lead and never look back, baby. So do you start? <laughs> do you start when you win the coin toss? Do you start taking the ball now? Yes, that's what I said last <laughs> week. And you know what? By default, they did that this week. They lost the coin toss. Uh, the the Chargers deferred. Broncos received. And did it work perfectly? Because did they go out and score a touchdown? No, they didn't. But special teams came through. I was say, they and got then on the right they side got of good the, ball, yeah. ball position. And they position. had a promising drive on that first series before the holding penalty. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the, the 
on that was the Fleming holding penalty, right? That took uh, that took that took or is it somebody else? Took I can't remember off the board. what what was the play? There were a lot of holdings. It was like uh, from the thirty five yard line or so. Yeah. Oh, right. And then yeah. it made it f- uh, third and eighteen. Took took them out of what was a very makeable range for Brandon McManus. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved a play they ran on that first drive on. I think it was like third and five. Uh, lined up Jerry Judy in the backfield, motioned him out, and then put him on a slant. He makes a nice little move at the sticks, and it's mm-hmm. like, gosh, where is this stuff? Speaking of motions, Pat, what are we doing here with these <laughs> fake handoffs? Oh, no, no five yards after the guy runs by, and they my, haven't even handed that off. Once. No, they've they've never mm-hmm. done it. Fakes don't work if if you don't even fake it. And and my favorite is guys are now faking the handoff. <laughs> They're putting their bottom hand below like their knees and their top hand <laughs> above their waist. No one takes handoffs <laughs> like that. Oh, you're faking no one. I'm gonna laugh so hard if they actually hand it off on Sunday. Oh my They're god, just, they were just the setting it up for, <laughs> for the Chiefs, saving it for weeks. the biggest <laughs> moment possible. Sunday night football against the two-time defending AFC champions on the road, and finally they pull that off. Well, only if it works. I was gonna say, well, it'd be really comical in like a terribly com- comedic way is if Chris Jones just absolutely is yeah. right there and blows Jerry Judy up or something. Maybe this is the game to bring back the Skangarello type. Tight end end around. <laughs> Tight end end around's been having a year. I've seen a couple teams make big plays on it. It's somewhere, well, San Francisco Skangs is like, see, I yep. know what's but up. Do yep. we not want to see the everything in the kitchen sink thrown out this Sunday? Though? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, finally use that end around motion that you've been setting up all season. Um, I mean, I really do just want to see, like, will they ever hand it off? Oh, my God. You have to. Can you go the whole season running jet motion, not everyone's hand it off? I mean, we're, we're joking in the press box. This is a kind of a legitimate question, but how the heck do you ask it to Pat Shermer without sounding extremely condescending? Like, do you know fakes don't work if you never actually run the play? Well, I mean, you, 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 you can't ask that. I'll work on the phrasing, and uh, we'll I see if it comes up I think the question would be third. like... See, you, can, you can't even do it. Something or, 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 along the lines of like, um, like, you guys have been doing a lot of that motion in the backfield. It feels like the timing is maybe a little bit off there. Like, is that by design? Or yeah. like, what's the what's the you know thought process behind that? Guys are yeah. faking the handoff five yards after they run past the it's quarterback. The thing. Is the timing off? <laughs> I Look, mean, I, you're right though. I had a nice pet conversation just off off the podium with Pat last week on Thanksgiving. I mean. Maybe I'm positioned to ask this question. There you go. We'd love you know, to hear. Talking it. about families and dinners and all that. I mean, I'm families and dinners yeah. and motions. Isn't it up to I the like, quarterback? I, what? Shouldn't it be? Isn't it up to the quarterback to time that right? Like he's well, he has the snap count. But for me, yes. But for me, he doesn't time when the receiver like fakes the handoff. And they are legitimately faking the handoff when they get to the backside so of weird. the guard after they pass the quarterback. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> and it's like, it, it didn't just happen once. It's happened in every game. It's every game, multiple times. It's like it's part of the Broncos drinking game. Oh. When, oh, you, yeah. when you see this Kill and you see the that. fake handoff, <laughs> when the guy's at the guard, you just take a swig. Instead, yeah. of, instead of taking a swig, just take a bite of your sexy pizza. Oh, man. That's I what I, nice. right now. That's what I recommend. And again, I mentioned this on the show last night, but I just my favorite thing is that sexy pizza during the tailgate comes with fresh pies. Uh, and so as soon as you see that sexy pizza car rolling up, you just mm-hmm. get yourself in line. Um, because they just bring out the piping hot, melty pizzas. I had two slices of the sausage yesterday. It was so, so good. Um, you got to check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza. They've got four Denver locations, Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. And 
an interesting expansion choice. They're going to Trinidad next. <laughs> From Denver to Trinidad. That's the move they're going with. Um, but, of course, you got to check out one of those four locations in Denver. Uh, total, uh, Tons of different options, including their philanthropies, which are specialty pies. Um, and a portion of the profits from each pie goes directly into a range of different nonprofits here in Colorado. Uh, so check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza. Go to one of those four Denver locations. Maybe it's one of the maybe it's the gateway to getting to like Santa Fe or Albuquerque. Because you're about halfway there, you get to Denver, Trinidad, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sure. No <laughs> idea where Trinidad is, but yeah, I'll take your word on it. It's, yeah. it's I twenty five, southern part of the state. Right, not long before you get to Raton Pass. That that is very random. Something that's much closer is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental, guys. They're only a 15 minute drive from downtown Denver. So let's say you come you come in town for a tailgate. You might as well stop by on Monday morning to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. All you have to do to get that free Sonicare toothbrush is schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam, and they'll hook you up with that free Sonicare toothbrush. And guys, not only that, but they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They've supported us for a long time, and you guys know supporting partners, or supporting our partners, is supporting us. So we'd really appreciate it. And you can go there and you can talk Broncos. You can talk all Colorado sports because they are diehards as well. So what? Uh, there, there's not a better dentist to go to than our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam. You'll get set up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Yeah, and you also want to check out Hassle Cow Company. And you're going to you're probably need Green Mountain Dental if you're eating a lot of beef because, you know, you got to have good brushing habits, good flossing habits. Because if you're eating your meat right, you're going to get a little something stuck between your teeth. Of course, we tell you about Hassle Cattle Company a lot. What? What? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you gave me that look. <laughs> <laughs> we tell you about Hassle Cattle Company a lot. If you want to try some of the delicious beef from the Hassle Cattle Company, come on down to the DNBR bar and try the Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger. You can get all the toppings that you want on it. Shelby Harris came down here. He loved it. But maybe Much you more don't than want... he loved the RK special. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You don't have to have a lot of toppings. You may just want lettuce, tomato, maybe a slice of cheese to get that flavor from the beef of Hassel Cattle Company. They got plenty of products, including ground beef, New York Strip, all sorts of steak cuts. Also, check out at HasselCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com, their beef sticks. Sweet and spicy, they're out of right now, but you can get original or jalapeno and cheese if you're just looking for like a quick snack. Like sometimes I've found, if I, if I forget breakfast in the morning, I need a little protein, just have one of those beef sticks. Mm. And you know what? Boom. It's, Back to life. Yes, it, it really <laughs> is. It's, 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 better than, it's better than a sports drink basically, for reviving the energy. Better than a five-hour energy, and it's just good, solid protein that you're going to get from our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. They've got a special right now, by the way, for 15% off your entire purchase. And how you get that is by using the code DNVR15 to get 15% off. And if you get that order up to $200, you're going to get free shipping on top of that. So it's double the discount, 15% off with the code DNVR15 and free shipping at Hassle Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. By the way, I mentioned those meat sticks because actually that's what I'm functioning on right now. Got busy looking up some numbers today, didn't have some breakfast. Had a couple of meat sticks on my way out the door before I came down here. There we go. Nothing says breakfast and, and lunch like some meat sticks. At meat it. sticks at 1.20 in the afternoon. <laughs> Rise and grind, it. baby. Um, all right, quickly, we've got some Super Chats to get to. Then we'll get to the questions from uh, the listeners, of course. First one here from uh, <laughs> Dreyenslick. 
Yep. Yeah. Translate that, right? Yeah. Um, Teddy B, the Warrior. Boy, how quickly <laughs> another game can change things. Winning <laughs> cures everything. Uh, but it's I true. love it. Yeah. I mean, he was not looking good. No. Um, but the only thing looking worse than him was. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. You I'm know, not doing it. Uh, let's Taylor. just say it was darkest before the dawn for Teddy. Yeah, and he, I mean, and he learned, and clearly, I think he learned something from that. Yeah, yeah, ad, ad, absolutely. And guys, good news is Teddy's fine, so we don't have to worry mm-hmm. about him not playing this coming weekend. Yeah, that would be a worry if he didn't well, play. Painkillers are a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's from Ta- uh, from Taylor. Hey guys, what time uh, would wait? What things would make you say that yesterday's defensive domination wasn't a fluke or was, and that we can continue to play this way? It's really interesting. I would just say the one thing that can make you excited or worry you, depending on how you feel, um, is the fact that they were able to get consistent four-man pressure. If you can do that, your your defense is going to look good in just about every game. Um, and so was that a product of the Chargers' offensive line? Or was it a product of the Broncos, uh, you know, using stunts and those sort of things um, to create pressure? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, but, the you know, the Chiefs don't exactly have a stellar offensive line, and they haven't been amazing this year. So um, if you can continue to do that, and, and it's, it's kind of funny, you know, so many football conversations are the same, but it is true. If you get four-man pressure, you're gonna your defense is gonna look good. Just that's just how it works. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm not concerned about this defense being fluky and yesterday being a fluke. What I am concerned about is just inconsistencies. And because we've seen that from this defense, guys, mm. they've held teams to ten points, zero points, two thirteen-point games. Yet they've also given up twenty-seven, thirty-four, and thirty. And of course, the thing that sticks in your mind the most is what Justin Simmons called yesterday the Dallas week, when the Broncos mm-hmm. come out on offense and defense dominate. Dallas dropped 30 points, hold the Dallas Cowboys to really zero until they got garbage time, 16 points. And what do they do the next week? They come out, their offense drops 13 points against the Eagles, makes Jalen Hurts look like an MVP, sign him up to a 10-year contract, and their rushing game is just absolutely dominant. And the Eagles score 30 points. So I'm not concerned about the Broncos' defense not being real. It's just consistent now. Yeah, and let's be real also. The Broncos could do everything right compared to coming off the Dallas game. They could be engaged. They could play hard. And they might still lose this game. I mean, kind of. This is what this is going to be one where the the degree of the loss, if they do lose, is going to matter. If they lose a close game, I think you're going to probably feel pretty good about what they can do in the weeks that follow. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm really interested to see if they can follow up this performance because, like you said, Zach, last time they had a great performance, they laid an egg the next week. By the way, Jalen Hurts, uh, they lose to the Giants yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and he was yeah, awful. Thanks, Giants. Only bet I lost yesterday. Or <laughs> thanks, Eagles. Three and a half, and they can't score anything. No, they, they were feeling too good about themselves. Yeah, the they really looked bad. Yeah. Um, all right, one last one here, I believe, uh, from Alec. A dub is a dub, but in my opinion, Teddy's lack of aggressiveness contributes to drive stalling out. A pick or two. Oh no, I lost it. A pick or two. Uh, is is worth seeing Sutton and Judy getting the ball. Nobody watches the Broncos to see Salbert score. You, watch him you to had see me him in win. the first half. You lost me in the second half. You watched to see him win, right? Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, it, uh, uh, a pick or two is not worth getting the ball to Sutton and Judy. Maybe one you can talk me into. One every two, few <laughs> games. That's the thing. We don't. If this team goes back to having one or two giveaways a game from the quarterback position. That's not going to work. No, you will, you will lose. Yes. Guys, the Broncos are undefeated in every game that Teddy Bridgewater does not have a turnover. No, no surprise, they're 0 for 3 
in the games that he does have a turnover. By the way, um, quarterbacks by turnover percentage this year, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, fourth lowest turnover percentage. And all the Teddy haters wanted to say before this year that Teddy was a turnover machine, and there were some stats that pointed to that, but credit to Teddy so far, he has not been, and Ryan, that stat points that perfectly. Yeah, I saw someone coming at Mace today saying, like, you said Teddy never turns the ball over, (laughs) and he has turned the ball over. Oh, my gosh. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I shouldn't have responded, but I'm like, okay, I just got (laughs) to, I got to try here, okay? Wow. It was pretty good. It was like, oh, he's turning the ball over at an extremely low rate. And the thing is, he turned the ball over at a low rate last year and he did it the year before when he started for sean payton throwing interceptions on 1.5 percent of his passes this is who he is yeah he it's who he's now been in three different schemes with three different play calls this is the best he's been too right i'll say when he though makes those a couple of those off the script plays is really when the broncos offense kind of kicks into gear right um you saw it you know earlier against the giants you saw it yesterday with the play against bosa that they need one or two of those and, from him a week. and also not just that but the scramble for a touchdown i feel like oh. when he does i feel like when he does that to use vic fangio's word everybody gets a little oomph yep yep all right last one here from <laughs> alex hoy uh zach has been on on another level these last few shows Hashtag spicy. <laughs> I'm, I'm pumped for Chiefs week, guys. What can I say? A six and five Broncos team in December. Ryan, I've I've covered the team once <laughs> when they had a winning record in December, and that was before we were doing the podcast, all the way back in 2016. So I'm pumped for this. We, we, we've said for years now, what's it going to be like when we get to cover a winning team, a competitive team? And every year we say, Maybe next year, but we're still having fun doing it now. I can't imagine the fun we're about to have. Yeah, let's let's hope they give us a, a fun one on Sunday. Yeah, because that will go a long, long way. You know what might be the like the most fun of all is if this team gets to the playoffs, but still says we're going to the we're going to the quarterback market and we're looking mm-hmm. for a draft quarterback. Then we get the best of all worlds mm-hmm. because draft quarterbacks are fun to talk about and playoffs are fun to talk about. Yep. It's very yeah, true. Exactly, man. That would just be so much fun. And Let's and be also optimistic here. Let's have some fun. And also the mm-hmm. ideal situation where the yeah. Broncos make a playoff push, maybe make the playoffs. They're a good team this year, and then they have something to fight for mm-hmm. in the future and get people excited because right now, I still can't believe it, but people would rather see a, a, not everyone, but some people would rather see the Broncos lose so that they fire Vic Fangio and don't have Teddy Bridgewater than see the Broncos win. What are you doing if you can't be be happy about a winning team in December that's competitive? Yeah, and, you know, again, people can improve. Coaches can improve. Um, now, there's a lot of things that I think uh, Vic leaves to be desired. Even yesterday, there were some game management the, the, issues. The that, challenge. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen so many desperate challenges by a professional He's coach. He's four for 13 as a Broncos coach on challenges. So bad. So and, again, bad. there's just, like, if I can see it from the stands – he threw the challenge flag, and I was like, "There's, uh, who told him to do that?" Everyone knew. Yes. Everyone knew. I think it was in bad. the press box, we were shocked. Right. Like what? At the, when the flag came out. I wish huh? he would just say like, <laughs> "Sometimes I just want a timeout, and that's a good, uh, nice, easy way, and maybe we get lucky." <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be that'd, that'd be a great answer. <laughs> okay. It would, be, it would be great. All right, Mason, we gotta uh, let you run. Or you uh, got we got few? ten. We got. Uh, I got five to ten minutes. Let's do All it. All right. Let's hit some questions right. here. First one from uh, Submarine Broncos. 
two one two words from this one: defense and rookies. Yeah. I love it. Yep, and uh, and running backs are included in that rookie group as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pig tosser sixty six. I just love sitting back on the couch with the YouTube live victory pod on the big screen for the whole house to hear. Just try and make uh, me change it, fam. Just try it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet they didn't. Nope. What a game. Aside from Locke peeing down his leg, that was straight-up domination. Uh, can't, reminds me of that TikTok guy that I sent you. Um, can't wait for what is going to be the biggest game we've had in the last five years. I know you guys will get into your game plan later in the week. We want to know what y'all think about matching Sertan up on Kelsey uh, and then doubling Hill with a safety over the top every snap. Is Sertan strictly an outside cornerback now, uh, being our unquestioned CB1? Vic has game plan the Chiefs well, but it still hasn't been good enough to get a dub. How would you guys handle Hill and Kelsey? Uh, D- Patrick Sertan is absolutely your cornerback one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so you have to choose. Who do you want him on? Do you want him on Tyreek? Do you want him on Travis Kelsey? Uh, we haven't seen him a lot on a tight end, so it would actually be kind of taking him out of place now. I think they're going to keep him on the outside. Yeah. yeah. That's a, it's a great question it's, for Vic. We always Wednesday, have these though. talks, but it's really not ever that simple. Um, like you, they just don't ever do something every play. And you know other, what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is I think he's doing so well. Why throw more on the plate at this point? Cause he, he's doing well. He is still a rookie. Yeah. He's still coming along. And so there are other things you, do, you can do. I'm intrigued. If you get Kareem Jackson back, I'm intrigued by the, uh, by the possibility of using Stearns a little bit. Now that Kelsey. now you have my attention. I like that. Mm, I don't like that. <laughs> Using Stearns on Kelsey or as, Simmons? As po- bo- both, but when you go dime, saying, Caden, that's your guy. I like I it. I think that's too too much. Too much. I'd way rather do uh, do one of the other safeties, one of the starting safeties that's been around a long time. But you're essentially bringing him in as like a dime linebacker. Yeah. Well, and then 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 have Caden have Stearns take over the safety spot. We just saw him play it really well yesterday. And then have Justin Simmons slide into – you're not calling Justin Simmons a dime linebacker. You're just calling him – Travis Kelsey's cover. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pick your poison. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. ever is going to work. And Travis as much Kelsey's as you want going to. to get his Tyreek Hill's going to get his don't allow them to just eat all day and allow Travis or specifically Tyreek Hill to get over the top of you multiple times. Yeah, I would personally rather have Justin back um to stop some of the over the top stuff. Well, then have Caden Stearns back and use use Kareem Jackson. I don't want a guy that's played in what 20% of the defensive snaps this year going up against Travis Kelsey. The other thing that's you can, unfair. The other thing is with Simmons playing back, part of your equation is, okay, if they do get some big plays, we're going to stop them in the red zone, right? So Justin's job is is he is the last line of defense. Right, keep him away from Sure, the I just don't want Stearns. I, yeah. I wasn't advocating for Simmons. I just don't right. want Stearns. We'll see. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how exactly they plan it up. And again, it's never going to be just one thing. No, um, they'll, yeah. they'll try a mix of a bunch of different yep. And stuff. Vic's good at that. Omaha says, George Payton has absolutely dominated as the Broncos GM thus far. Think about some of the moves he's made. Drafted PS2, Javante, Minerts, and Browning all in the first three rounds. Clearly upgraded on Drew with Teddy. Signed two very good to potentially great wideouts to team-friendly long-term deals. Stole Kenny Young. Fleeced the Rams on Vaughn. Fleeced the Lions on Trinity Benson. Oh, and we have 11 picks and a whack of cap space next offseason. No matter what happens the rest of the year, George finally has this thing going in the right direction for the first time since Peyton left. And damn, does it feel good to finally say that. Cheers, boys. You can look at this entire team and everything's going in the right direction now. Yeah, um, and again, he really has looked good. I mean, I, I, and I mean in terms of the moves that George Peyton has made. Poor Vaughn. 
Still can't get a win over there. Oh, huh? my well, gosh. He, he how depressing. He didn't play the Washington game for the Broncos, so Vaughn's on a personal six-game losing streak. Oh. Ooh, and, man, I mean, talk about the Rams. <laughs> After they traded for Vaughn, and it's obviously not all on Vaughn, then OBJ, that doesn't look like it's working out right now. Then Matthew Stafford, a report comes out yesterday that he's broken in every single part of his body, it seems <laughs> yeah. like. And they They're just like traded two first-round picks angled, for him. Yeah, chronic finger. back injury. Ugh. Oh, my mm. goodness. Wow. What a disaster. And, and again, great job by George Payton. Well, and remember, maybe the deal you don't make is the best deal. The Broncos had to give up two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford, and it comes out 10 games into his career with Denver that he has chronic back issues. Maybe the Broncos avoided something there. I mean, yeah. and there's a reason, you know, certain times where you just say, like, that price is just too high. Right. One of them could be, like, he's up there in age, and injury could come and strike him at any time. Yeah, and then he could break in half. Mile high till I die says, the next time I hear Drew Locke's name, it better be because we traded him in the offseason for whatever scraps he's worth. Ouch. I don't want to hear Ooh. anybody say, let's play Drew and bench Teddy conversation ever again. If there was ever a debate or a question, it's over. Deep breath. Yes. Now, I will say, it's surprising to me how much the conversation still comes up. Um, like in the last 24 hours? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, no. yes. No. And, and, oh, I'm not saying you guys are lying. And no, even, just... you know, before the game yesterday, I, like uh, that was a topic of conversation at the tailgate. What do you think it would take for Drew to get in there? And I'm like, I just, he's not he's not getting in there unless there's an injury, of course. Then there was. Um, but, you know, we just outlined a bunch of stats. Teddy is playing. He's not, you know, some elite quarterback. He's playing exactly the way they hoped and expected him to play. He's playing the best he could play that you could have possibly thought. He could I mean, play. he's outpacing all of his career highs. Yep. So yeah, he is. And it, and it's average, and average is fine. That's what you expected. That's what you hoped. But it, even in the stands, yeah. like when Drew, when people see Drew coming on, there's like a little buzz. Yeah. Um, it's just that the young. Last very long. And then two plays the, the <laughs> yeah. forward fumble. I mean, hey, it. His best play yesterday was a fumble, well, thanks to Tim Patrick he that got yeah. that kept the offense on the field. Yeah, I mean there was a couple. He had a couple nice <laughs> yeah. little throws. Um, but it's, are you saying bring Drew in? I'm That's not, what I'm hearing. That's yeah, what I'm hearing. But, but it is. It's just interesting. Everyone wants something something to hold on to at the quarterback position and because he's young and talented yeah. it just gives people you know so, something that they can uh, hope on it was interesting that someone did ask today at the press conference is he still the backup yep yep and the answer was <sighs> yes it, it was it was a uh, very non-resounding very non-resounding non-confident yes Mm -hmm. and uh, my guess is I wouldn't be shocked. Yesterday, Brett Rippon was inactive, yeah. so they had to keep Teddy out there. They had no option, mm -hmm. and Vic even said today Kendall Hinton was the, the third-string option. I think they're going to have Brett Rippon activated this coming week. That'll be very telling, um, and I really don't want to have this conversation today, but <laughs> I think there, and there's something to be said for being a backup is a skill of its own. It's very different. And, and not and there's it's nothing against Drew that he just might not be wired that way. It's not, but at the same time, like you hear the argument, oh well, he's not preparing like a starter, blah, blah, blah. If you fail as a backup, they're not making you into a starter. Right. They're finding another backup. Yeah, that'll That's, hurt that'll yeah. hurt his career earnings if he can't prove to be a, a right. A, reliable back it's not going to help him get back to where he wants to go if he keeps if he keeps doing this it, when he gets thrown out there yeah and i think mace you said it yeah. like 
it kind of looks like he's trying to win the starting job right. when he gets out there, and it's like it's that's not. He's trying to eat the whole meal in one bite. Literally, right. Sometimes before, you just have to just take the sensible bites. Right before that mm -hmm. play, the the announcer said, "You just you can do anything here, but turn it over." Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> brutal! Like, you gotta be it was me. quick super chat here. Uh, quick super chat from Cody. Let's play Rippin and bench Teddy, LLJK. <laughs> oh, Rippin wow. undefeated and starts. <laughs> Dan Burke says, hey, guys, it's crazy to say Sertan's a top 10 corner in the NFL right now. Maybe even top five. Is Not it crazy. crazy? He's asking. I, I mean, I don't like watch every other corner every single week like I do Pat Sertan, but I have a hard time imagining guys playing uh, as well as consistently as he is, uh, you know, yeah. more than 10 guys playing as well as he is as consistently. As so he is. to answer your question, no, it's not crazy. Yeah. And teams are starting to throw away from him, which is interesting. They're throwing more at Kyle Fuller and the Chargers had some success going at Fuller. So that's something I'm a little concerned about. Mm, interesting. Seeing on, seeing on the horizon. We'll say Chiefs don't have that many reliable options. So, you know, yeah. Kyle Fuller it. should be able to to cover those guys. And what you have to make sure with those other options, and we're going to talk a lot more about the Chiefs later this week, is just don't let those other options get behind you. Yeah. Because that that's what those like options Michael are. Like Hardman. Yep, you know, exactly. He can, he can get you. Yep. Uh, Dan Burke, hey, guys. Is a, oh, that's the same one we just did. Wisconsin Bronco, what up, guys? Uh, don't comment much, but I'll be attending the Broncos-Lions game, uh, unfortunately, with a Lions fan. But he's a good dude. Wanted to know how soon I can buy two tickets to the tailgate and bus to and from the stadium coming all the way from Wisconsin. So I want to make sure I get them Ooh, and I'm squared away. Yeah, those will be it. up um, soonish. Soonish. So keep, yeah. keep your eyes peeled. Yes, exactly. If you're watching, though, you'll be able to get tickets when we put them up. There you go. Um, from Michael Condit. You got me. Long, long, long time hey. listener making my debut here. We got, got him. My daughter, nephew, dad, and I made it up to Denver for a great game day experience from starting off at the bar to the bus ride, meeting the couple from the UK, and thanks RK for the pick at the tailgate. Then that game, my daughter was 0-4 feeling cursed, not anymore, when Sertan got the pick six. This grown man was in tears watching his daughter get so freaking excited, and the ride back made for a perfect day. Thank you, guys. Hey, wow. Hey, that nice. is so you got, cool, You got Michael. me uh, choking up over here. And yeah. that is what this is all. It is so cool to meet all of you guys at the tailgate, have you guys up here for the post-game live pod mm -hmm. after, chat with the after. It is so freaking cool. Yep. Quick super chat again from Cody. Another PS2 performance like that. Uh, rookie of the year. And today Vic Fangio was asked, "Is Pat has Pat Sertan done enough to be in that conversation? He said, no doubt. Yeah, of course. Micah Parsons, though, is going to have all the numbers and the sacks Micah Parsons and the tackles. going to get it as it is right yeah, now. Yeah. Unless Pat Sertan. Hey, Sunday Night Football is a great time to uh, put your name on the national spotlight. Man, if mm -hmm. he makes a couple big plays in coverage of Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. How about he has the game he had yesterday? Two picks and one pick six against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, people will... Uh, they'll jump on board. They will. Yeah, they'll get on board real quick. Um, Windy City Bronco, Locke has proven twice now that he's incapable of being a reliable backup, maybe in some parallel universe. With a genius offensive coordinator, he's allowed to fail and become an average quarterback. We don't live in that universe. It's time to bring Rippin up the depth chart. Rippin isn't good, but he's more reliable backup than Locke. MVP of the Chargers game goes to the pharmaceutical company that got Bridgewater back <laughs> in the game after half. Real quick, oh Drew Locke, Brett Rippin, who's more likely to be on this roster next year? Rippin. I agree. Yeah, Brett. And also, guys, I do think the Broncos make a change at backup quarterback at some point. I just don't think Vic wants it to be embarrassing. Uh, Vic knows how embarrassing this whole year has been for Drew. Vic knows how embarrassing yesterday was for Drew. And even though Vic has been a Teddy guy, he still has a heart. 
and he knows how mm -hmm. tough it has been on Drew because Drew has put the work in. Mm -hmm. And, guys, I wouldn't be surprised if if Brett is activated this week that he really is the backup quarterback, but they don't, they're not going to put tip their hand to it until Teddy gets hurt, and they absolutely have to do that. And, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's already happened. And that would be humiliating in Drew Locke's hometown as well. It, oh, on Sunday night, I gosh, don't, yeah. you can't do that to the kid. I will. I will say you, this. Um, I mean, if it's better for your football, yeah, team, I agree. Yeah, they just won't announce it, like you yeah. said. It'll, what, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be under wraps, and you know, touch wood. Hopefully, they don't have to go exactly. to their back. And they'll both be in uniform, and then yep. it's God forbid something. I'll happens. say this: I want to give credit to Drew um, because you know, you watch him on the sidelines. He's still very engaged with his teammates. Mm -hmm. He's still talking over there. He's not pouting. He's not, you know, with his head between, you know, mm -hmm. tail between his legs, head down. You see him on the pick six, you know, waving yeah. uh, Sertan through like a mm -hmm. third base coach. Um, I, I just, you know, those, those things matter to me. Uh, when you watch a guy who's not having things go his way, how does he react? And I think he's reacted professionally and, and, you know, the right way. He needs what John Elway called football rehab. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the commenter mentioned it, you know, maybe he ends up in a, in a great situation and, mm -hmm. um, kind of gets a fresh start and whatnot. I just, yeah, it's probably over here in Denver. Yeah. Um, if not absolutely soon yeah yeah it it's over and then that's okay yeah, everyone can get behind teddy for this next month right they should they yeah. absolutely should yeah, yeah. samuel uh, bisu real quick my okay. boys or actually you say it Zach. my boys there you go thank <laughs> you i hope george payton listens to dmvr and, and especially to mace wow teddy is a good caretaker but he's not the guy the broncos have to go the way the bills of the quarterback i don't care if the team makes the playoffs they need to see that bridgewater will never be the reason the team wins the super bowl teddy needs to listen to mace too and throw the ball to court when he might not look open but he makes contested and one-handed incredible catches often and even if he doesn't make the catch he draws a pi call but teddy's conservative nature does not allow him to make those throws the post-game podcasts are the bomb especially after win we in the community really appreciate it one more thing what happened to dre's great game grades those are my favorite articles of the game week they gave a different perspective on the game i hope next year you can bring them back still love all the articles podcasts and videos you guys do yeah i love those too um you know dre got a promotion to the gm <laughs> yeah. uh, of dnvr he's so he's things. got a lot on his plate <laughs> yeah he's got a lot on his plate but yeah um those were great hope maybe we can get a, some like um just hear them from him yeah. once once a week absolutely all right guys skedaddle guys we're all gonna skedaddle here uh so we'll finish with a shout out to green mountain dental group um uh, the absolute best uh you can sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam when you sign up or when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam at green mountain dental group they'll hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush um so we appreciate them. We appreciate all your support. We appreciate uh, all of you guys for tuning in to the show and all the commenters. If we didn't get to your comment on the website today, of course, just send it over to tomorrow. We'll talk about it then. And, of course, we will talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.